going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Midwest Meltdown. It's your boy, Zach. It's Josh. Today, today's episode is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Go over there and apply today to become a member and be immediately connected with advertisers that fit your audience. Go to podgo.co at podgo.co and do not forget to tell them that the Midwest Meltdown sent you. Or you think I'd have that memorized, but I don't. I have to read it every time. I was going to say, dude, I feel like that's just like in, like the, it should be like in the back of your mind now just to be like, oh, yeah. Like you go to sleep going like, this episode is brought to you by. <laughs> oh, go over to podgo.com. Oh, my God. Do we have somebody else in the room here? Oh, my God. Everybody. Very special guest. <laughs> we have another guest because, like I said, that is our new MO, bringing people on, getting more social. Everybody, I'd like to introduce to you. IGN UK's uh, what what I'm sorry what what award did they just give you? I just saw it again, Amy. Oh yeah, no, I actually did. I got a um, achievement award for efficiency. A very efficient human, apparently. <laughs> One of IGN UK's most efficient employees, and also the host <laughs> of the podcast My Game Fiction Addiction, Miss Amy Mallet. Amy, welcome to the show. Yay. Thanks for having me, boys. Woo, woo, woo. I I'm has, just want to say I am actually a figment. Uh, Josh and Zach are just chatting to themselves. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of um, like a yeah. like a like a Morgan Freeman narration in the background. Yes. Oh, we should all right, cut this. We're gonna restart this whole thing. <laughs> Going that way. At this point, Josh looked at Zach and thought to himself, why am I still doing this show with him? Oh my god, yeah. Like Stanley the Stanley. You guys played the Stanley Parable? I have seen gameplay for oh, it. Same, same. Yeah, I was thinking something kind of self-aware like that. Like Josh yeah. figured if you just cut the cut the recording now, oh. no one would ever know. <laughs> I was watching um, outside Xbox is one of my favorite like gaming oh, same. channels. I love, love those guys. Yeah, they're they're really funny, and I, I really like the content. And what I love specifically about them that no other freaking channel does that I wish they did is when they go over anything. Like if it's like top five weapons, top you know mm. bottom five weapons they do beware of spoilers for the following games and just run a nice little slow list of all the titles that are going to get yes. spoiled yep. i appreciate the fuck out of that same <laughs> same because the amount of times like i often find that with some listicles that you get um certain certain um publishers will actually just like launch into it and by the time they've said spoiler alert you kind of already know the context yeah. so it's one of those things where it's like oh for crying out loud like you've just introduced this on a list of like you know I mean, obviously, if you if it's something like you know villains who end up being the good guy, then you kind of know right. what the twist is going to be. But yeah, I I feel you, dude. I love I love the fact they do that because yeah, yeah. it just if there's a game on there that I want to play, I can duck out. I've done that a handful of times. I have. Like, it's not that I want to stop watching their videos, but you know, it's, so it's kind of like this catch twenty two, right? They get people to stop watching their content. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's been the same. It's like you know, top five saddest endings. I'm like, all right, I'll take a look at this, and then it's like. Mm not from them and i'm watching this video and then it's just like red dead redemption 2 and i'm like motherfucker like that's all i need to know to have the game spoiled <laughs> so. actually just out of curiosity what would you say is the saddest ending that you've ever experienced in a game um i actually had, i know this answer uh the darkness I... 2 oh okay have you played that that was gonna be my second guess for you josh yeah that one, that one, like really affected me for like two days, like two days straight. I was like sad. Oh man, so bummed out. Yeah, uh, Zach, do you have an answer? I, I mean, I'd probably say The Last of Us Two. I don't want to spoil oh, anything for everybody, yeah. but I like. I mean that that whole game. I was going back and I was checking out the uh, the episodes that you recently did on that Amy for The Last of Us Two, and I'm Ooh. just starting to get back into my second gameplay of it because I think I've emotionally. Mm recovered emotionally ready yeah, i'm ready to get hurt again from the first like yeah exactly like <laughs> i'm ready to be dragged through the mud through this one again like i'm just so ready to be torn up um but I, other than that i would honest i'd probably go with what i thought was gonna be josh's number one i mean mass effect 3 is pretty effect heartbreaking oh yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. didn't they um wasn't there like some controversy with mass effect 3 where they kind of had to redo the ending Absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I remember hearing So what that. happened, I never experienced the original Mass Effect 3 ending because I waited, did some playthroughs on Mass Effect 1 and 2, you know, yada, yada, yada. Then they came out with what they called the extended cut was a free DLC. Yes. And then I just went 1, 2, 3, carried my save over, 
had a hundred percent. I literally did every single thing in the whole trilogy mm. and then, you know, experienced the extended cut. So for me, everybody was losing their mind and like, oh my God, it's so terrible. And I was like, oh, this wasn't so bad. Mm. <laughs> so whatever. Yeah. I'm absolutely stoked for the for the um remake they're doing. I can't wait for the re is it like, it's remastered, it isn't it? Looks it's kind of like three. It looks really good. Yeah. Like yeah, I, I sent Josh a video the other day and they did like the, the top down comparison to original trilogy versus the, the remastered one. Mm. Um the the setting and the planet environments are so vamped up. I, I yeah, it it looks absolutely incredible. Mm. Oh, I'm man. so excited. Yeah, I can't wait. I never really experienced I played a little bit of Mass Effect 2, I think, but I never experienced the entire the entire trilogy. And obviously just having finished um Kota on my game Fiction Addiction, I've got a bit of a Bioware bug now. So I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, that's the perfect thing to <laughs> to kind of get into it and appreciate like where really good role playing uh kind of came from. So yeah, mm-hmm. no, absolutely. That'll be well perfect. To, yeah. For like I actually am kind of envious. And I know we've talked, I think we talked about this with you before, but uh, mm-hmm. not experiencing things for the first time. I'm actually like jealous that you're going to experience Mass Effect for the first time, all remastered and all polished up and everything. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember actually we were talking about that on um, on our episode, which obviously will be coming mm-hmm. out fairly soon. But um, yeah, we we talked, didn't we, about wanting to erase your brain basically like yep, if yep. you could reach for a neuralizer what would you <laughs> totally go for so that you could experience it all over again and yeah i think um that's definitely yeah we spoke about obviously bioshock being one of those but yeah there mm-hmm. are so many great games that especially when there's a big twist you know and you're like ah, oh, man that changes everything yeah and you almost don't want to you know having a second playthrough now it wouldn't be quite the same so yeah there's always those situations where you wish you could just like wipe your brain clean yeah <laughs> right i think between now and june sorry zach uh no, i'll okay. tell this real quick uh i'm just gonna drink really heavily <laughs> for the next two months Jesus. see how many brain cells i can erase and then go from there absolutely oh yeah yeah take, them out. What's take this? them all out <laughs> i forget too much i was really loving you guys talking about all the bourbons that you were drinking on the last episode with lucas because um, oh yeah I, we had to bring that back i love a good bourbon i love a good bourbon <laughs> that was like that was funny because it was one of our staples in like the first five episodes and then it just yeah, we abandoned that shit pretty quickly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like hey what are you drinking like first thing right out of the right right out of the gate like what are you drinking dude what are you drinking and then, then like we're just like all right let's just no one wants to know. Let's, let's just get into this crap <laughs> You start I will say that point where you're like swilling it around in your mouth in front of the microphone, it becomes some weird like <laughs> it's water. SMR shit. Like, mm, that's some good bourbon. <laughs> I will say this: I uh, when I played, so Josh got me obviously into Mass Effect, and I played Mass Effect two, and I very much pissed him off. Oh, um, really? Because at the t- so this this was this was pre hardcore gamer zach like i was still just sort of getting into a few things i was playing some games here and there. i was really not that you know into them so i i mean again in mass effect it's all about exploring and doing side quests and getting relationships talking to people reading codex like all this in like and i was like where is point a and then how do i get to point b okay cool so then at the very end, when obviously certain characters may die based on relationships you you have or don't have with them, like half my crew died, like right out right out of the gate. And Josh was like, oh my no God. Like, you fucking bastard. <laughs> oh my God, that's insane. Yeah. You lost like everybody. I, you had a complete and a massacre. Pretty, pretty did, much. You yeah. did, actually. I, I, I will I'm say like, this. No one's going to be in Mass Effect 3 for you. Congratulations. <laughs> I do remember I had for sure three people still standing because I know these are the three people I like gave the most interest to. It was um, Miranda, obviously. Um, oh, why am I drawing a blank? Who, who's the, what Garrus. And who, what's the Krogan name? Who's his name? What's his name? Krogan. The big guy. Yeah, I forget his name every freaking time. Oh, my God. You're actually. Well, okay. Him. Where I have, yeah. I know at the, I had the, at the end of, at the end of the uh, Mass Effect 2, I had those three for sure. And I do not remember if I had anybody else. That's how, that's how bad I played that game. That's basically, I, I should like, if I ever had like a video recorded of that, I should just put it up on YouTube being like, don't play Mass Effect 2 this way. Don't be me. Don't mm. be me in this situation. Um, All right. So enough yes. about us. Let's talk about Amy. So yes, Amy. 
Amy, our guest, um, before the show, like we do with every guest and how Josh and I started our show, we would like to hear from you what your top five favorite games of all time are. So we know it was a it was a tall order, so we hope you got through it, and let's see what you came up with. It really was a tall order. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, it was it was very very challenging. I I basically wrote out ten, and then I kind of had to like sort of. Um, work through them and be like okay who do i like more than this you know who kind of gets into gets into video game heaven and who doesn't and yeah i think five <laughs> is five is really challenging man like t- 10 i could easily do 10 but five was really tough so um i have some honorable mentions if anyone needs any of those no, um, that's fine. That's fine. yeah um so i guess uh do i start on my on my number five is that kind of yes, how we roll in Yep. Yep. Google. Do uh, go ahead. Do five through two. You can kind of give like a little uh, little sentence on why you chose each one, and obviously we'll hit a little bit more on at home than on number one. Yeah, of course, of course. So, um, so five for me. I um, this one was actually funnily enough going back, harking back to our uh, to our Bioshock discussions. Bioshock Infinite very nearly made spot number five, but I think the game that edged it was just. I don't know. It, there's just nothing else like it. And I think that's kind of why I went for it. Um, but Shadow of the Colossus, which we did Ooh. a uh, an episode on fairly recently, me and my buddy mm. Ollie. And um, it's just breathtaking. Like, it's such a strange and like haunting experience. Like, the language in the game is entirely fictional. It's um, this kind of weird forbidden land where you've basically got to slay 16 of these like gargantuan creatures. So it's a strange game because the format is kind of like, 10 uh well 16 boss battles mm-hmm. in a row you know like there's no real side quests there's no there's no npcs like it's quite a lonely experience but it's just beautiful and if we're talking like endings you know that kind of hit you in the feels and i oh, won't spoil yeah. it for anyone who hasn't played it but fuck man like that is an ending <laughs> that just kicks you in the jaw and you don't see it coming and uh yeah i i think it's also beautiful in terms of its visual style obviously it started on playstation it's interesting it's one of the only games that's existed across like three generations of playstation mm-hmm. so it started on ps2 then went to ps3 when they did a remaster and then obviously bluepoint games who did demon souls they remastered it for ps4 and that was kind of where i was like oh my god the fur the the beautiful like uh landscapes everything was just so crisp and gorgeous and yeah i love that game so that and, was that was number five for sure and i, I think i think it's just real, uh didn't mean to cut you i just wanted to add to it really quick uh it's amazing how like simplistic like it's beautiful and it's mm. obviously like it's but it's, it's it's still very simplistic like when you look at the the surrounding and everything like yeah, you know, I don't know. Like, it, it's I, I will say this. I told Josh about the mechanics of the PS2 that are obviously still there with the remaster of the game, mm, and I'm like, yeah, that infuriated me. Oh, dude, yeah, me. you're not alone there. That that was very divisive among fans oh. for sure. <laughs> yeah, was... Zach said I would probably fucking rage if I picked it up. You would. <laughs> your no your horse. Oh my god, the the horse. The horse is oh. such a love hate relationship for everybody who plays Shadow because you think she's awesome, but at the same time she corners like she's on rails, and you're just like, <laughs> what is going on here? Like, why won't you jump over this cliff? And yeah, she she's the the physics are challenging to say the least. So yeah, yes. you're not alone there for sure. <laughs> um. All right. Let's hear uh, what do we got for number four. Okay, so number four uh, is not usually the kind of game that I would I would play. Um, I, I suppose I would I would I've often played um, point and click games, but not my favorite genre, I would say. But this is just a game that to me has it's just so well written. It's so funny. Um, it's well, it's damn right hilarious, really. And the characterization, the dialogue, still stands up. Like I would say. Actually, funnily enough, my partner um, played a little bit of it with me recently and was like, this could be a Pixar movie. And I was like, yeah, um, I'll be at quite an adult one. Um, and it's Grim Fandango, which is just fucking incredible. Like if you haven't I've heard played a lot it, of good things. Oh, so good. Have you guys played it? I haven't. Ah, oh, you need to. You absolutely need to, dude. It's um, basically the premise is that you are a... You work for the Department of Death. You're basically a Grim Reaper and you're selling insurance packages to the afterlife. So you're kind of like a stable person. <laughs> and when everyone dies, it's your job to kind of be like, so how good were you in your in your life? And that kind of means what credit you get, essentially, like whether you're going to get to the afterlife on a bus or a plane or whatever. Um, it's just such a clever idea. And um, yeah, it's really funny. 
That sounds fun. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. If you would have told me that the game was centered around selling insurance, I <laughs> could not think of any way possible that, that would be fun. But yeah. by God, I, I stand corrected. Here we are. Well, it's a very small part of it. It's a very small part of it. That that's basically just the premise. Like it's uh, it oh. starts off you, you work in a you work for the Department of Death, and your whole job is like basically selling insurance to souls. And uh, it's also kind of inspired by like Mexican Day of the Dead kind of style, like those mm-hmm. awesome yeah. kind of masks. And it's, yeah, it's really, really cool. I definitely recommend it. The story alone, it's not an action packed title. And I, normally I prefer a bit more action, but it is just amazing story. So, yeah. Um, That's amazing. Where can you find it? Is it PC only or is it on console it's, too? It's everything. It's everything. It's actually it's on PS Now for free at the moment if you wanted oh, okay. to give it a go on PlayStation. Uh, PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 5. It's, um, and yeah, it still kind of holds up. Like, obviously, it's kind of blocky in the sense that it's like an older game, but actually, like, the dialogue and the, the voice acting is still really, really good. Like, you can't, I mean, like I say, my partner was pretty impressed <laughs> recently when he yeah. played it. So, um, but yeah, no, it's on PlayStation. It's on, it's on everywhere, really. Okay. That's kind of the thing that'll hold up no matter what is if it's, mm. if the story is quality and the, the effort put in by all the actors and creators is quality. Like, you can get over graphical limitations and yes. still appreciate the game. Absolutely. Yeah. And honestly, you will be, there are so many hilarious lines. Like it's just, it often games try to be funny and they don't quite hit the mark. Yeah. And I think the writing in this is just fucking sharp. Like it's so good. Well, I might have to add that to the list. Yeah, defo. <laughs> definitely. So, so we've got Shadow, we've got Grim Fandango. And then the third one, I do feel like I'm bringing some really obscure ones to the table, but that's good. That's the good. third one is one that I don't think, I don't think either of you two will have played it. And if you have, that's great. I will eat my hat. But every single person that I talk to about this game, they're like, oh, what? Um, <laughs> and it is Beyond Good and Evil, which is, honest to God, probably, I mean, well, it is among my favorite five. It's my third favorite game of all time. Um, think sci fi Zelda. Um, but like Ooh. kind of on a planet, you play as this awesome sort of female protagonist. Her name's Jade. She has like wicked martial arts style and like a kind of, um, like a long stick called a Daijo that she fights with. Um, there are aliens that are kidnapping people. There's a big conspiracy that you need to overthrow. It's just absolutely wicked. And Ubisoft, it was actually Ubisoft. It's the same, uh, it's Michel Ancel who, uh, made Rayman. And uh, he made Beyond Good and Evil. And then I don't know if you guys know, but Michel Ancel kind of like stepped away from video game development and decided he was going to open a wildlife sanctuary and was just like, okay, cool. That's my job that, yeah. now. Yeah, it was really pretty sweet. So I was like, okay, fair dues. Um, but uh, obviously that his baby, Beyond Good and Evil, hasn't been uh, given a sequel. And Ubisoft do want to make one and they've frequently released trailers and spoken about it. And then everything's kind of gone quiet for the last little while. So who knows if we'll actually get that sequel, but hopefully we'll. I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe I'm thinking of a different game, but I thought I saw the release trailer for the sequel almost three, four years ago? Yes, yeah. At E3, At E3 or something? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's the one. They, they had like a cinematic trailer, they had a gameplay trailer, and they yeah. even have this thing called the Space Monkey Program where you can kind of sign up and, you know, they'll basically give you like testers and stuff and i actually did it before i got into the games industry and i was like yay and obviously now i'm kind of thinking oh well actually i kind of have a relationship with ubisoft now so hopefully i'll be able to, be able to play it but it's um yeah it just looks i don't know I, I don't know part of me is nervous that they they will make it kind of and i mean this in the nicest way but like they will ubisoft it they'll make it kind of a big open world game with loads of icons yeah. on it <laughs> And I'm really hoping they mm. don't do that. Um, but yeah, it's just, like I say, Zel- it's kind of like Zelda in space. It's really good. All right. All right. Did, I, I just found an article really quick about, I don't know if you had heard about this, Amy, but it says uh, Netflix is making a animated series about Beyond, um, Beyond Good and Evil. Oh, no way. Really? It's <gasps> Let's see. The article was July oh 31st of 2020. It says Netflix shocked everyone today with the news that they are developing a live action animated hybrid film for Beyond Good and Evil. <clears throat> Dude, this has blown my mind. You can probably hear me frantically typing. <laughs> <laughs> I, let's that see, what is, is this? So it's, cool. it's, looks like a, it's comicbook.com is where the, the article that I that I found at least is where they, yeah. they talk about it. Shit, that's absolutely amazing. Damn. Yeah, that's and it's the director of um, Detective Pikachu, apparently. Dete- that's what I yeah, that's what it says here. Yeah. yeah. 
Wow, wow. that is, wow. dude, you have you have made my day. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. I mean, I, I always, because it is really awesomely cinematic. So who knows if that's in the works, that could be so cool. Because it's a strange one because like most video game movie tie-ins, as you guys know, are like things like Tomb Raider and, and sort of Doom and, and Silent Hill mm-hmm. and Resi and things that are big franchises. But this was only one game and it was just kind of a cult a cult classic and it never really mm-hmm. went anywhere so man hopefully that's that's good wow about say, maybe you, do you remember people. seeing about that zach or how did you but what like it was just you just like pulled this knowledge so, out of nowhere oh yes i just <laughs> had my vast um you know knowledge in my head no um while amy was discussing it because i had never heard of the game so i was secretly oh like, just to look t- at it typing it up mm. so i went and clicked on a picture of just like the cover of the game and as i'm scrolling i'm scrolling i'm scrolling there is a picture then of the main character with the big netflix n next to her and i was like oh what's this and i clicked on the article and that's when it, it came up and i was like i think anyone get a kick out of this yeah no she does she gets several kicks <laughs> like, i don't know if you guys are pokemon fans but she gets like hitmonlee on crack that's a lot of kicks <laughs> Yeah, that's really awesome. I'm absolutely, yeah, I'm kind of blown away by that. That's really cool. I'm hoping that comes to fruition for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. right, so that was three, correct? That was three. That was yes, three. Okay. So num- number four. Um, this one is one that I just love because I spent my youth playing it. And actually, funnily enough, today, been doing some content at work around zombies. And I've been like, ah, oh, zombies, man. They're like bacon. They make everything better. Uh, so it's Left 4 Dead um left 4 dead is yeah really like it's just so good i'm absolutely stoked for bound for blood i think it's really funny that they've kind of put the bound four in there because as mm-hmm. we all know valve can't make anything with a three in the title so <gasps> um yeah <laughs> dude i'm so happy left 4 dead's on your list yes i just love it like me and my mates i remember me and my friend dan used to stay up till like um two o'clock in the morning when we were at uni just uh trying to get through um we'd play sort of like locally and then we'd have two mates who were also online because the kind of drop in drop out co-op was really cool and we'd basically try and get through levels on like the hardest difficulty and we'd Mm -hmm. always get shafted by the tank every single time that you thought you were safe the game because one thing that's really cool about left for dead is that it writes its own code so yeah 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 yeah. games it's like procedurally generated in the way that it will always adapt to how well you're doing which i think is like insane yeah I, oh, I'm so happy. What was, your, what was your favorite locale in Left 4 Dead 1? Oh, man. Well, Left 4 Dead, I played more Left 4 Dead 1 than I did 2. Um, I mean, I really loved, uh, I loved the little miniature one, Crash Course. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really cool with the helicopter. Um, yep. I Obviously, you've got No Mercy, which is the hospital, isn't it? Um, what, what's the other? There's like a, I want to say like the third one is, oh, no, hang on. The one where they there's a, there's a church and the guy... He's gone crazy in the church and he rings the bell and then all the zombies that's, come. I think it's the third one because my favorite one is the fourth one, ah. which is the one with the boathouse at the end, yes. or the boatyard. Yes, the boatyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. It's, it's so good. It's so, I'm so glad you love it as well. It's Yeah, it's amazing. It's uh, it's just such a fun game. Like they need to. It's a shame they haven't uh, sort of made a third one, but maybe Bound for Blood will be that, scratching that itch. Yeah. I wish, I wish they would because then I wish they would... I don't know, put it on all consoles because mm. that would be something. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Cause I used to play it on, uh, obviously it's PC isn't it as well. Cause it's valve, but I used to play it on <laughs> Xbox 360. Yep. That was kind of mm. where I first, first started playing left for dead. Same. But, um, yeah, man. So good. Oh man. I, I don't even, how can your number one be any better? <laughs> well, my number one, I, I can't help but feel like I'm a bit of a cliche here because I feel like, this is very much i don't know i feel like it's everyone's favorite game to some degree especially if you're an rpg fan like i am um Mm. but i think if you if you sort of have ever stalked me across anything really like twitter or facebook instagram whatever um i'm obsessed with it and uh it's obviously cliche lee final fantasy 7 because it's Mm. just fucking amazing like it's not everyone's (laughs) cup of tea uh i recently tried to get my partner to play remake and he was like i just don't get it i don't get why they make (laughs) what did he say he was like i don't get how they why they make all these anime sounds after they've said stuff and i'm like what do you mean (laughs) this is seriously like you guys might know what i mean but he was like he was like how come someone says something and then just goes huh (laughs) 
was like, you know what? He's not wrong. He's not wrong. But I guess I've just kind of blanked that out because I've been a fan yeah. for so long. But yeah, I I love I, I really like uh, RPGs. I loved Final Fantasy X. That was the first one that I ever played. Um, and uh, but Seven just I don't know what it is about Seven. I it just has all of them are really good. You know, I've played most of them, but Seven just there's something about the world and the idea yeah. that it can be a fantasy game without being typical dungeons, dragons. Like up mm-hmm. until that point, every fantasy experience I'd ever had was like, there's a wizard, there's a knight, there's dungeons and there's, you know, there's a mythical castle. And for there Sneaky to be- Sneaky archer. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. Guilty. It was for it to kind of be this, this <laughs> like uh, urban metropolis and eco crisis and kind of like a lot of modern day themes and a very sort of um, dystopian environment. I just, yeah, I just fell in love with Midgar, definitely. I will admit, I have never touched a single Final Final Fantasy title. Oh. So I'm gonna ask. I gotta ask you this question then, because <laughs> I, I have I haven't really understood it. What the actual hell is up with that one where they're like pop stars? <laughs> I don't I don't get it. <laughs> what one is that? Oh, okay. Are you? I'm trying to think what Josh means by is it like maybe are they three girls who are pop stars? Oh no, the one I've seen gameplay for is it's four dudes and they're like a boy band and they drive around in this the most recent one. Oh my god! Okay, so you're referring to fifteen. Yes, they basically yeah. There's a lot of like real e boys going on in uh, in in Final Fantasy. (laughs) Like there's a fuckload of uh, sort of droopy hair and. yeah, I, I think they definitely look like a boy band. They drive around in their uh, in their little car and stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. fifteen. That's fifteen. Um, okay. I would say like if you want to get into one, like I'd say, I mean, there's obviously eight is really good, and eight's just been remastered, so that could be a good one. Um, it, there is there is these bizarre things in them. I think that's what I love about them is that they just suspend disbelief in so many ways. Like eight has got this eight. They're all in an academy, uh, like a training academy for soldiers but it fucking moves <laughs> like this, this whole thing, this, uh, this training Academy actually like moves around like a spaceship and it kind of like travels the land. It's like, it's, it's yeah, just stuff like that. That's utterly yeah. bonkers. You know, it's rooted in fantasy, but then it's kind of gone off the rails somewhere down the line. So do you remember the final fantasy movie? Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, was this the one for seven or the one that was spirits within, which was the first one? Oh, well, I'm going to look like an ass now because I have no idea. See, Josh, Josh, you put you on the spot and you, and you fucked up. Josh was like, uh... Tried to look cool. Tried to Googles. We're back to the standing parable. Josh, whoever did that. I'm just going to own it and be like, I don't fucking know. I just saw part of it once. Yeah, I think it probably was the, the Final Fantasy movie was probably... it's called. I think it's called Spirits Within and that okay. was the first one that ever came out. And the CGI... Oh, it's really funny. The CGI then looked amazing, but when you look at it now, you're like, ugh. Yeah, yeah. That's um, but yeah, I do, I do know what you mean, but... Um, I mean, I'm actually really intrigued. Like, You guys have probably spoken about yours loads, but because mine are all quite obscure, like, what, what kind of... Uh, you know, have you guys ever spoken about your top five on the podcast? I'm guessing you probably have at some point, but you know, oh, for sure. Um, sure, you our know. very first episode was our top ten, and that literally took us like oh. ninety whole minutes to talk about yep. everything we wanted to talk oh, about, no, and we well, had to cut it short. Get it? Yeah. If, um, if you want, I could quickly. I could. I, I have it. I have the list in front of me, and I could rattle off both Josh and mine top five. Yeah, I want to rehear them because I'm pretty sure I've listened to your first one. Um, But I kind of came in halfway through, so I mm -hmm. might not have done. Sure, sure. Uh, Okay, so let's see. Josh's top ten. Now, this is obviously back a year ago, so obviously subject to change. Uh, At the time, Josh's top five. Number five, Borderlands number one. Uh, number Ooh, four. That's, that's a really good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, he he again. He's the one who got me into into Borderlands too. Um, R- Josh, number four, Red Dead Redemption. Like, obviously, uh, uh-huh. number three, yep. Fallout Three. Um, nice. Fallout Three is an absolute classic. You, if I say Josh, you were you you were the ones who've, who've played all the Fallout games, or most of them. Yeah. I should I should say. Um, yeah. Number two, Elder Scrolls Skyrim. Uh, the PS4 remaster in particular, I have written down here. Yep, yep. Um, and the number one, Mass Effect 3. Oh, yeah. Oh, great. So we started strong with Mass Effect then, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And oh, amazing. Then, yeah, that, they're, they're a fantastic selection there. 
I had um, I had a kind of a controversial one at number five, but I still stand with it. Um, okay. Number five, I did Star Wars Battlefront Two, like the most recent one that they did. That is controversial, but I mean, hey, if you love it, you love it. I mean, I, it, was, it wasn't. It was only really the EA side of things and the the kind of monetary issues that exactly. I think gave it some bad press. It wasn't a bad game, from what I remember. Once no, they, exactly, and we came into it after they had rectified those issues too. Exactly. Mm. Josh, and I played. Uh, we, I mean, that's one where when you when we was looking at the top five, like we look at okay hours of how many like how many hours I put into a game. Josh and mm. I played multiplayer in that forever. Like I think there was at least a good five month stretch where we just played that game nonstop. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. my god! No way! Um, that's pretty cool. I then have number four, Mass Effect Two. I think just going back and playing that game, and I mean, I'm going to get the the remaster trilogy. I absolutely amazing. Um, number three, I have Uncharted Two. Ah, yeah, Among Thieves. Yeah, mm-hmm. amazing game. Um, absolutely, like one of the games where uh, it was like my first big video game experience because i remember it came with the ps3 that my brother and i got it was like the oh, bundle that my, okay. my parents got and it was just like that opening train sequence i'm like this yes. is just selling point yeah um, it, it's such a fantastic set piece yeah oh yeah, for sure um then number two i have red dead redemption 2 even though josh will fight me on that tooth and nail <laughs> um both tooth and nail yes you're not a, hey you're not a fan i'm not wrong am i you are not wrong. Yeah, told you. I think Lucas has Red Dead Redemption 2 on his list too, didn't he? So I bet you were like, damn it. Oh, yeah, he actually. did, and Lucas became a better friend. Yeah, he became a very good friend to me. Um, and then number one is pretty much the most obvious pick in the world for me, The Last of Us. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, this, I mean, this is the thing. I, I try and, I feel like I'm obvious with Final Fantasy VII, but The Last of Us is like, yeah. I mean, that that said, though, like, absolutely, you're 100% fucking right. It's great. It's one of the best games ever. <laughs> so I've been good. trying forever to get Josh to play it, and he's still... I will. That's what I was just going to say. Is I'm going to, I'll give it a shot. Dude, the, the beginning is so slow. <laughs> oh, but it's the, it's the most heart-wrenching thing. So like, I mean, do you mean, do you mean like the, the first initial cutscene, like the first intro into the infection, or do you mean like mm-hmm. the, the beginning part of the game? The beginning part of the game. Oh, man. Because I got through... Uh, I don't think this is a spoiler. I mean, the game's... Like, I mean, it's not really a spoiler if it's like happening in yeah. the first bit. Sorry, his daughter so I, <laughs> If you've never started it, stop listening. Uh, so I get through the first part when when they're at the house, and then I get through the part when it, you know, like, present, quote-unquote, present time. Yep. And I did a couple missions, and I'm just like, this isn't... It's it's not hooking me here. Right. Because, like, I didn't know who to... Personally, I didn't know who I aligned with because I didn't like anybody I was meeting. So I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't fuck, fuck all these people. I don't want to do any of this stuff for you guys. Yeah. Kind of a thing. I don't know. I just wasn't hooking me. I'll try it again because like, it's hard to not – it's hard to be the person that dislikes something that's so good. Mm. I'm not saying it's a bad game. Like I've never said that. that. It's that's just that's said though. You know, Josh, like, at the end of the day, opinions are opinions. And I think you know that's the important thing that everyone needs to remember. And I think you know things can get a little bit – especially quite – crazy in the games industry when people are just like no it's the best thing ever and you can't possibly hate it like you if you if you play the last of us and you don't like it like i'm not going to think any less of you like it's yeah it's obviously an opinion that isn't as common but it's still an opinion um you're just wrong in every way shape or form but it's fine but it's fine (laughs) i'm sure you guys have had it before where someone's been like no you're wrong and it's like really just you know just because i'm not as big a fan of that one thing so Pretty much yeah. all the time. All the time. Jo- yeah. I will say this, Josh. I think, Josh, once you get to the part where it's literally just Joel and Ellie on their own, um, I think from that point on, you'll enjoy it a lot. Yeah. 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 I think so. I think the thing is, a lot of the other characters in The Last of Us, so, you know, off the top of my head, you've obviously got Robert, you've got Tess, the people that you meet very early on, you, mm-hmm. if anything, don't really bond with them as much. And you almost get a sense that people are disposable when you're playing The Last of Us. Okay. Um, that's almost a theme that kind of runs through it. Whereas you and Ellie, it's kind of all about your relationship building. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think the more you play it, the more invested you get in the, in those two characters in particular. Yeah. But yeah. The yeah. smile on my face right now from all talking about this is just, I think, yeah. too big. Um, so I think we should probably move on before I really want to get into... <laughs> More greedy details on the game. <laughs> <laughs> All the spoilerific tales. Get for sure. Really excited. <laughs> um, okay, well, thank you for getting together your list. I think it's super fun. I'll give Zach the credit on this one. He's kind of, 
and we didn't like officially talk about it, but he's like, mm. he's always like, all right, we're gonna ask them their top five. We're gonna ask them their top five. And I'm like, I think it's a great idea. We, I think it's an yeah. We did a bunch breaks, of breaks the ice too. Exactly, mm. and we did a bunch of them, and I like look back on it. I'm like, oh, that's such a good idea. Mm. Um, Thanks, dude. Hey, you're welcome. Yeah. So before idea. we jump into any topics, Amy, tell mm-hmm. us. I guess tell us a little bit. How did you get to where you are and like the position you have, or what kind of got your role in there? Well, I mean, so I've I've obviously always been a, a massive nerd. <laughs> there's no there's no <laughs> secret there. Like I live, breathe, sleep, eat video games. I have done since I was about maybe three or four years old when I first had a Mega Drive. Like I I just love video games. Like that's my passion in life. That's what I want to do. It's what I want to dedicate my life to. So I I graduated. Um, I did creative writing and English lit at uni. So uh, always very sort of writing focused. That was kind of my strongest point. Um, mm-hmm. literally allergic to maths. So <laughs> anything that's in mathematical at all, like that just, yep, does not compute. So I always figured that I'd probably have more of a, a kind of creative job than I would have like a logistical technical job, if that makes any sure. sense. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, once I graduated, I did the usual thing that everyone does um, where they make cappuccinos or they like <laughs> serve pizza or whatever. I had lots of menial jobs. And then I started working for a radio station, which is my first proper gig. And uh, I was writing the jingles and the really cheesy adverts that you hear on the radio station. So that was like, okay. one of the okay. jobs that I did. Um, awesome. Yeah, it was, it was kind of, it was fun. I look back at it and I'm like, it was, it was really fun because it was just, uh, you know, it was very creative and it was, um, it was client facing. So you obviously get to be salesy. And I guess, you know, my job now is, is that way, but it's more about the things I love now, which is why it works better. Um, but I uh, kind of, it's a funny story actually, is I uh, went for a job um the first sort of stab I took into the games industry was um, at the BBC and they have, so obviously you guys, you guys don't have the BBC over there. Uh, it's kind of like the little weird crown and our jewel in our British crown. Um, but it's obviously the broadcasting uh, sort of network and they had a show called Newsbeat and they were looking to do like a gaming show as part of that. So like a gaming news show basically on the beep. Okay. And I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Um, I will uh, go for that. So I went for it and I didn't, I didn't get the job, but I kind of came second. Basically it was between me and one other person. And I was like, oh, okay, well, if that person has more experience than me and she did, um, then that's, that's cool. That's fine. I, I completely understand that. So I kind of went back. I was a bit deflated, but I was like, oh, okay, well, I took my first stab in the industry. I guess I'll get there eventually back to writing mm-hmm. radio jingles. And then I just happened to be talking to a few people on Twitter that I knew. One of them was Gav Murphy, who is amazing. And he was like, um, oh, there's a job um, going at IGN um, because Alicia Judge, who's also lovely, absolutely wonderful human, has has left. And she, it turns out, got the job at Newsbeat. <laughs> so the weirdest thing was, like, I if, if I hadn't have failed, this is why I think everything's like happens for a reason in a weird way. Like, I'm not massively fatalistic, but I'm like, that just goes to show that you shouldn't be put off if you don't get something because it could lead to something better. And Mm -hmm. quite literally she got that job because she wanted to go freelance and, you know, good for her. That was, that was great. She also had the the journalist experience that they were looking for, but in doing so she left her post at IGN. And obviously that was, that opened that door for me. So I was like, Oh great. I'm, I obviously have the the knowledge and the passion. I I have the experience in branded content because I worked Mm -hmm. at a station for so long. So I kind of got in through there and um, yeah, I've been here now for nearly three years and the rest is sort of history. My job's expanded quite a lot. I sort of started um, obviously just doing writing and and campaigns for clients Mm -hmm. and uh, I now do uh, voiceover stuff and presenting stuff as well, which is really cool. So yeah. Winning awards, cash and checks, snapping necks. Yeah, all the things I love really. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, basically. Snapping necks, snapping necks. Only in games, only in games. Um, I have had some weird, weird tasks in games over the years that I've had to do for videos, etc. Like, I don't know, hunting through the Resident Evil 2 demo for Easter eggs, like combing every inch of that demo, looking at every oh, yeah. pixel, like, oh, I gotta find Easter eggs. Um, but yeah, so it's, yeah, it's really, it's really, really fun. Um, and That's it's, awesome. it's very busy. I think I'm part of the UK team and um, we're obviously not as big as the States, but we still have quite a lot on on our end so i think what's quite nice is that there's quite a lot of uk developers and publishers here so bethesda mm-hmm. are local to us ubisoft um have a have headquarters here in 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 the uk as well as in montreal and stuff like that so mm-hmm. yeah it's pretty, awesome. pretty cool 
Can you tell us which radio jingle you're most proud of? <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh, my God. Um, I'm trying to think now. <laughs> I remember, I don't know why, it's actually really funny that we're having this conversation because I remember this came to me today. Like, you know, when you just get like a flashback and you're like, mm-hmm. oh God, I remember that. I did a, an advert, wrote an advert for a company that was selling trailers, like trailers that you carry a horse and stuff in, you know, like a, tra- okay. a trailer that fits on the back of a car, basically for storage stuff. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to promote their trailers. And I basically wrote it as a trailer for a trailer so it was like this big cinematic voice and it was sort of like five stars and stuff like that and the whole advert was a piss take of uh like a sort of massive blockbuster movie but for a trailer um and yeah that was that was the one that sticks in my head and i don't know if it actually did well because it was one of those ideas where i was just like oh this will be funny um but yeah there was there was that i also i remember having to uh i don't remember the words but i had to write a trust a trader ad to the tune of abba and that was that was quite amazing so yeah like i say i can't god knows (laughs) it was it was something different every day which was fun (laughs) I was going to say, you, so you, cool. you should go back and check out trailer sales around that time. Yeah, I really should and just see. Skyrocket or just flat Fucking out plummeted. Woman. <laughs> plummeted. Like, <laughs> like, it just made me, I will never haul with this. After this, I'm never, never getting yeah. a trailer. <laughs> People are actively being turned off trailers because of the <laughs> Oh, My work here is done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's oh, awesome. Man. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I will. I Go will ahead. ask you this too, Amy. So we were, we were uh, like I said, I was kind of going back through um, some of your episodes. I mean, uh, on my game fiction addiction. Um, which, by the way, how old is that show now? I mean, I think it's still pretty young, right? Really young. So I only started it in lockdown last May. So it's in next month. It will be a year old. Which um, okay. So it's, it's very much a babby, and it's it's indie. It's indie to a T in the sense that I. I'm the only person who does any work on it besides a guest. Like I've had a jingle made for it, but on the whole, it's just uh, it's just me editing it and recording it. So it can sometimes be a bit of a, a it's a lot of hard work to get it done yeah. alongside my day job. But um, but it's really fun and I've really enjoyed it and I've loved the response that I've got from it because people, mm-hmm. even though it's quite it's very small and in its infancy, people seem to really like it. So and you guys sure. have been smashing this. I mean, how long have you been going for now? <laughs> we're uh, we're coming up on a year. Yeah, right. Um, I was about to say, yeah, it's oh, exactly oh my gosh. A year. We're twins. Oh man, you've done so much work as well. Like you've We you've should done... do like an anniversary episode. Yes. Oh. oh my god. That would be amazing. Do you know what that yeah, we should totally do it because we've got Bioshock to sort as well, but that would be stellar. Because we could do you, you know what like we're celebrating our one year anniversary this year, but this is like a bumper year. I don't know if you know, for video games, loads of video games are celebrating their twenty fifth anniversary this year. Really? Yeah, I feel like every time I open my phone, there's yeah. some sort of anniversary. <laughs> I have been noticing that. Yeah, Pokemon, well, Tomb Raider, uh, Resident Evil, loads. Oh my god, Pokemon's 25 years old. I know, Holy right? Pokemon's 25 years old. <gasps> Just for uh, accuracy's sake, April 13th will be our one year oh, from wow. our first episode. Oh, dude, that's going soon. Away. That's next week, right? Yep. Oh man, wow. that's amazing. Um, yeah, wow, that's amazing how time flies. Um, uh, yeah. but the, the, the thing, the thing I love about your show, Amy, is how, um, I mean, obviously you have us two bumbling fools who kind of just go into any sort of topic or hit this or that. Um, but the thing I love about your show though, is how you really pick ga- I mean, games that have that strong narrative, um, mm. component and you just dive right into it. And, um, the two that I had noticed that, you know, because I actually just finished this game recently, um, were Limbo and Inside. Oh, um, yeah. I just finished Inside. Like, I just got done with, like, the 100% for it. I got to see, like, the, the <gasps> special ending no and everything. Way. That's really challenging. Like, we were talking about that on the pod. Like, how those trophies are, it's really intricate how you have to look high and low for them. They are. I mean, the, the the thing that sticks out is that you have that like that yellow cable. There, there. I will admit, there was one that I had to look up. Um, it was actually for the secret ending. There's like, um, you're going through that cornfield and you lift yes. up the vault door. Yeah. I never would have found that on my own. 
Like, yeah. Oh God, no. Well, I mean, also the code for that thing. One part of it, I remember, because we googled it and we were like, because again, when we did the podcast, Bertie didn't know that either, and I remember mm-hmm. just blowing his mind and him being like, "Oh shit!" Like that's actually a thing, and um, yeah, it's uh, it was. I can't even remember how we found it, but there's like a, a tune, and you have to get it in the in the order it's- of the tones or something. So, so what they said was there. there's a certain chapter where if you go into the factory portion, you'll hear the tune in the background. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, again, that was actually another part I had to look up, too, because I'm like, I never, ever no would have way. been like, oh, yeah, that's how this goes. Oh, okay, cool. No way. Not a chance. It's yeah. like trying to close the fucking rift in Call of Duty <laughs> Black Ops. Yeah. Uh, or in Black Ops Cold War Zombies. We, I, I've had to look up and actually go through piece by piece a 15 minute video, and I'm like, how in the actual fuck have has somebody sat down and been like, oh, you do this, and you do this, and you, it's it's kind of like the like like my buddies in Illinois, we play like we do the raids in Destiny 2, mm-hmm. and like the developers release them, and nobody really knows how they actually work, so people have to just do test trials of them. I'm like, how in the actual fuck do people know like how this shit operates? Like this, this, this is irritating. bananas to me. That with with black ops, like look at the oak tree, not the ash tree. There's an ash tree right in front of it. You have to look past it, look to the oak tree. Like, dude, come, what? <laughs> Would you guys love? Here's here's the thing. Would you love to be one of those people who finds the Easter eggs that then outside Xbox are like, here are ten Easter eggs you we can't believe we didn't find. Like I always think to myself, who's the first? Do you know what I mean? Yep. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, who was the first person to to realize that? I mean, it must have been like a Konami guy got really drunk down the pub and was like, there's a code in Konami. <laughs> Because who the f first realized that the Konami code existed? Like who's who's twiddling their thumbs and then that happened? Exactly. So and then you get right, 50, right. 50 lives in Contra. Um, yeah, I just think it's. I'd love to be the person that first discovered something like that and was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> I think about that all the time, and I I just do not believe that they were looking for something and found it. Yeah, because of yeah. how obscure or hidden it is. Exactly. Right. I don't know. I just can't believe the circumstances that they're like, All right, I'm gonna find this. And yeah. Then, no, I totally whatever. agree. I I feel the same way. I feel like you had to have had somebody on the inside who told you that was there. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so so I will say this name. So Josh and I have both played Limbo. Yep. Um Josh though has not played inside. So mm-hmm. no, not yet. I have it though. You do oh you, you have, do it. have oh, cool. it. I think I bought a combo. Oh yeah, they come oh. together in a package. Yeah. 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 Oh well, then never mind. Forget my next. I was basically going to say which one would you rather prefer to see if you'd play this one, but he already has it, so irrelevant. <laughs> which one did Just you play prefer? It, Josh. Which one did you prefer when Ooh. you played it? I honestly, I thought the puzzles in Limbo were a bit more intricate and more like you actually had to think about them. Um, yeah. But Inside had, I think, just more of like the immersive think into it of what's actually going on. Yeah. I think that's the best way I could put it. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And also, I've just actually this just has just dawned on me. But Zach, if you got the hundred percent, you would have had to have mm-hmm. done the trophy where it's like. Actually, I don't know if this is limbo or inside, but there's one trophy that's like you can only die three times in the entire game. That's limbo. That's limbo. Oh, okay, cool. I, I remember seeing that, and it that. put me clean off getting the plat. I was like, I don't think I've got the patience for that. It was. It. I think it's. I think it's. You have five lives in limbo, and yeah. I went back and I was like, oh, let's give it a shot. I died like in the first, like the second chapter, and I was like, yep, not doing this. <laughs> Straight onto the trap in the very beginning that you can't see. Yep, oh, like yeah. like the first thing I was like, oh. This is, yeah, I'm like, and that's another thing too. Like when you see those kinds of achievements and you see that it's been completed by people, I'm like, why? Yeah. It's How mental, isn't this? it? Yeah. And I remember um, talking of like, you guys were talking about outside Xbox. Like I remember they did a, a video. I think it might've been them. And also I think PS Access did one too, where they were basically talking about like the achievements that we'll never get. And it's stuff like that, that really puts me off. Anything that's like, you have to do this. Um, and you can only die three times in the whole game because it's just the idea that if you fuck it up, man, like what a time sink, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and the yeah. same thing with oh my god, Resident Evil Two has one where it's like you have to finish the game in X amount of steps. Can you imagine if I we- saw that and I was like, I would be fucking, I would be over that step limit in thirty minutes. Yeah. Because exactly. I remember like how I played that game. It'd be done. Exactly. And also, can you imagine if you got right to the end, Josh, and then you realized that Leon had like stepped one step over? <laughs> <laughs> you're like you are you're like counting right and you have this counter yes you can see how many steps you have and you get right before you get on the train and it's like you know you're gonna take two steps and you only have one left or something (laughs) 
<laughs> I would I would quit pu- playing fucking video games if that. Happened. I would. I would throw my controller at the wall, and that would be it. I'd just be like, I would just, I'd leave it there though. I would not. I would just be so <laughs> pissed, and I would stare at my screen for a while, <laughs> hoping Leon will just sort of like hand <laughs> just way through. Maybe the wind's gonna come. Just yeah, exactly. Blow me on the train. On the train. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, oh my god. god, I can't believe that exists. Yeah, that is such a such a harsh trophy. That's yeah. That yeah. well. Unfortunately, Zach is being a very good fiance, and he's going to have to take his fiance to the airport. So we got to we got to wrap her up, don't we? But running low on time, unfortunately. Yeah, plane time. We've still been going for nearly an hour, so that's amazing. And it feels like like five minutes. It really does. It really does. It's so good to talk to you guys, and and we'll I'll make sure that we uh, obviously recording this at this point in time. It won't be out. I think you guys will put this out before I put out the Bioshock episode. But (laughs) stay stay tuned for that because that'll be an awesome thing that we can share. Because absolutely, yeah, man. I was gonna say, me as as we're wrapping up here, go ahead, plug your show where we can find it, socials. Floor is yours. Oh wow, amazing. Um, okay, so my game Fiction Addiction, if you like video game stories, if you have ever played a really good video game and fallen in love with the narrative, if you love characters, if you love choices, all that kind of stuff, and you want to like dive into the nitty-gritty, that's what my game fiction is. Every uh month, roughly, depending on how busy I can be, uh, we will basically dive headfirst into a video game story and dissect it, talk about what we loved, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you can find My Game Fiction Addiction anywhere, really, podcasts are. Like, it's Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Pods. Um, it's also on Podbean as well, if you if you are so inclined. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of it, really. Uh, and, yeah, we're on Twitter and, and Instagram and all the, all the various places. And we should be having, a, uh, we should be having a, an episode uh, with uh, you guys really soon, which will be awesome. All right. Oh, Perfect. hell yeah. Hell uh, we're wrapping this up just in time because the garbage truck outside my apartment is is currently operating. Oh, being it's loud a, as hell. So I'm like muting myself. <laughs> <laughs> under there like Indiana Jones. Grab your hat on the way out. Uh, well, again, Amy, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, we'll have to do this again soon, hopefully, for a, for yeah. a one year anniversary episode absolutely absolutely i will sort out bioshock this weekend and i'll let you guys know yeah amy you have a standing invitation to the show you are one of our favorite guests so much thank you guys and keep honestly keep smashing it you guys are absolutely nailing it and i'm i'm really proud that how you guys have grown in over in under a year is nuts like i thought you guys have been going for longer than that so (laughs) (laughs) oh thank you we appreciate that yeah thank you so much um all right so again again thank you amy uh and thank you everybody for for tuning in this week and we will catch you all next time Saka.